This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. There is nothing wrong with your radio. Do not attempt to adjust the frequency. We are controlling transmission. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limit frequency. Good evening, my name is Sam. My name is Ricardo. And this is the Outer Limit Frequency. So here I go ripping on modern pop music again. There's this stereotype around your typical radio-friendly songs, at least the classics, that they're pretty much all love songs. This is certainly not the case today, with a lot of them being, well, trash. But even then, it wasn't always the case. Bands like The Beatles, Led Zeppelin, and Queen often contained some more out-there themes, with Led Zeppelin in particular delving into the fantasy side of things quite often. So tonight we take a look at some of the bands throughout the years that have done just this. No matter how cheesy it may be, tonight we give a little shout out to the bands that have their little obsessions or dalliances with dragons, elves, magic, angels, and the like. And when it comes to expressions of the fantasy genre of music, none can be more famous than those perpetrated by Led Zeppelin, as Sam has mentioned. Imagine tuning into your radio in 1969, only to hear the hottest rock band in the world right now, straight up name-dropping Gollum and Mordor like it was the most normal thing in the world. And while Ramble On might be their most famous Tolkien reference, it certainly isn't the only one in their repertoire. Just two years later, on the legendary Led Zeppelin 4, there was a little tune called Misty Mountain Hop. A reference to the location of the Mines of Moria and the home of the Belrog and Fellowship of the Ring, but I'm sure you already knew that.
While Led Zeppelin are certainly the more well-known in terms of their songs based on the works of J.A.R. Tolkien, there are plenty of other bands who have done this as well. Rush immediately come to mind with their songs The Necromancer and Rivendell. And while The Necromancer is a great song, and in my opinion the better of the two, it's also really long. Because of course it is. So instead this is Rivendell from Fly By Night. It's obviously about Rivendell.
many miles It feels so good To see the smiles of friends Who never left your mind When you were far away From the golden light of coming dawn Till the twilight when the sun is gone We treasure every season And every passing day It turns out that at least half of Mastodon's discography appears to either overtly or covertly reference some kind of high fantasy, and their fans wouldn't have it any other way. After nearly two decades of tales about sea monsters, prehistoric beasts, and transdimensional mystics, I think it's safe to say that fantasy is just what the hard-hitting Atlanta Quartet do best. The pinnacle of this raison d'etre appears to be their 2006 album, Blood Mountain. 
It tells the story of a primitive man cursed to carry a crystal skull up the titular Blood Mountain and the endless parade of monsters, ghosts, and gods he has to defeat to reach the summit. It's bonkers as hell, and I love it. This next song, Colony of Birchman, features Josh Homme from Queens of the Stone Age and details a perilous encounter with violent tree people. Yeah, whatever, Mastodon, you keep doing you.
So, of course, for me, the first person to come to mind when I think fantasy and music is none other than Ronnie James Dio. The dude was obsessed with all things high fantasy. He would bring it up in interviews. It's all over album artwork, and it is obviously in the themes of his music, mostly with his bands Elf, Rainbow, and Dio. Man on the Silver Mountain may not be his most high fantasy song out there, basically being about a man on a silver mountain, but it's a good time, so here you go.
obviously not all fantasy themes of music, head straight for the hardcore Dungeons and Dragons archetypes. As with pretty much any topic you could put into music, there is room to approach fantasy from a few different angles. So it must be time to talk about witchcraft, which isn't a subject matter that's necessarily confined to fantasy, but I'm just going to use it here anyway. It's hard to say what Scottish singer Donovan was thinking when he penned his hit single Season of the Witch in 1966, but I'm pretty sure even he couldn't foresee the perennial popularity of this psychedelic pop enigma. And yet, every few years, someone comes along to put their own spin on the classic tune, keeping the spooky vibes alive in the popular consciousness like some sort of... spell. Everyone from Terry Reid to Hall to Dr. John and the Blues Brothers Band have taken a swing at it over the years, but tonight's selection comes from none other than Joan Jett. Look out my window 
My main challenge for this episode was to not fill it with modern power metal bands because I just bloody love them. And while we have largely gone at least power metal adjacent, or, well, I have, I managed to narrow down my modern power metal bands to one, Camelot, because, I mean, the name. Camelot don't usually go into your typical high fantasy either, ditching elves for angels and dragons for demons. But this was never more evident than with their back-to-back albums Epica and The Black Halo, which serve as parts one and two of a, well, epic metal opera. These were the two albums that initially got me frustrated that there aren't more legitimate metal opera productions out there rather than just albums. Big fan of this stuff, so yeah, get it sorted. However, it turns out that these two albums are actually an adaptation of Faust, which, yeah, angels and demons. They even cast certain people as characters from the story, enlisting a young Simone Simons before she went on to be a part of the band named after the album Epica, and Shagrath from Demo Borgia as Mephisto. And it's March of Mephisto that we are going with right now.
Aside from that power metal, of all of metal subgenres to get on board with high fantasy, doom and stoner metal often outperform their peers by embracing the innate daftness of the subject material like their lives depended on it. And when you mix all of those tendencies together, you get a band like The Sword. And with a name like that, I'm not really sure they even had a choice as to what their music was going to be about. Now, it's anybody's guess what an ancient hyper-Zephyrian is, but the Sword's 2008 album, Gods of the Earth, includes a song extolling the virtues of their fire lances. And that has to be just about the most fantasy thing I've ever heard or said aloud. Interestingly, though, the band's 2010 album, Warp Riders, ditched the fantasy themes for a throwback pulp science fiction aesthetic. Hey... That gives me an idea for next week's episode. But before we even get to that, let's see what all this is about on Fire Lances of the Ancient Hyperzephyrians, and I still don't know what that means.
So I'll begin this with saying I'm honestly not hugely into Blind Guardian. Not that I don't like them, I've just never got around to hearing much of them. However, I have heard a lot of their frontman, Hansi Kirsch, because the dude is everywhere. He's a hell of a frontman, and honestly, not many bands are better suited to this episode than Blind Guardian. They're all about the fantasy and have songs and entire albums inspired by the likes of Tolkien's work, Stephen King, Michael Moorcock, Robert Jordan, and the classics such as King Arthur and Camelot. It's Camelot with a C this time. So really, I could pick almost anything by this band, so let's just pick one out of an imaginary hat. The Wizard, an Araya Heap cover. All right then.
As you will perhaps have gathered from this episode thus far, fantasy themes and motifs rarely seem to stray too far beyond the expected genres of rock and metal. But when they do expand in less expected directions, they are definitely worth talking about. And I can guarantee that nobody predicted I would talk about Outcast on this episode, yet here we are. The group's double album swan song, Speaker Box The Love Below, was big enough and wacky enough to contain just about every single loose idea that Andre 3000 and Big Boy had knocking around between them. This includes a song about Dracula's wedding entitled, Checks Notes, Dracula's Wedding. My inclusion of this track does beg the question of a functional difference between classic horror monsters and fantasy themes, but I've chosen to override that with the time-honoured My Show, My Rules argument. Kiss are not typically the band you'd associate with this topic, with most of their songs being your standard glam band fare in terms of themes. However, there is this one weird album by the name of Music from the Elder which is often overlooked. At the time of its release, it was received rather poorly, but since then it has kind of stood out as a misunderstood gem. A fantasy concept album, it sort of comes across as something that Kiss may have actually wanted to turn into a rock opera and it would work the storytelling here is just great and just by actually telling a story it's doing something experimental that kiss were not exactly known for 
basic gist is it follows a young hero recruited by a group called the elders who set out to combat evil it's not exactly complicated but i dig it this is the oath
it must be hard to be in a metal band making fantasy theme music without crossing into parody territory. But perhaps a better question is, why fight it? Surely it would be easier and less painful just embrace the silliness and become a full-blown comedy act. Alright, so perhaps that approach won't suit everybody, but it does work more often than you would think. Take England's Evil Scarecrow, for example. They are very upfront about the fact their music isn't meant to be taken seriously, but that hasn't stopped them from being very good at what they do. So good it forces you to take them at least a little bit seriously. Just because your goal is comedy is not an excuse to go about half-assing things. Evil Scarecrow's 2014 album Galactic Hunt even contains a charming wee tale about dragons, and, at the end of the day, what is more classic fantasy than dragons? This is Flight of the Dragons.
So, yeah, that about does it for our look at fantasy. We're definitely not going to be uh, revisiting any kind of similar episode anytime soon. So if you like what you heard, uh, jump onto Spotify and check out some of our old episodes with our new logo. It's snazzy. And since you're coming back next week, I'm just going to flip straight into doing the thing we said we wouldn't do, and we're going to do a very similar thing by looking at science fiction in music. Let's get ready for the big, weird old world of sci-fi, y'all. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.